Hello and welcome back finally to a new episode of Andy Hamilton's Video Game Podcast. I have to apologise for the gap in service, but the reality is this. Look, it was Christmas and then it was New Year and basically everyone that Nick and I know, including ourselves, have birthdays around this time period. And, you know, you've got to do things on your birthdays. Mine is tomorrow at the time where we record this podcast. So things come up, right? And then on the few days where we did have time to record it, one of us was ill. It was usually me. Um, (laughs) But even today was a photo finish. But the point is, we're here. I'm here, as always, I am joined by my partner in podcasting crime. Nick, how are you doing? Hello, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm all right. Like, again, just, uh, it was a busy period, let's just say. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it happens, but I just thought it was quite funny that, like, every time there was an um, there was a window of opportunity, I was like, at the second I went, all right, we'll try and get it in this Friday. Within about 10 minutes of sending that message, I'd be like, ah, oh, my nose is fucking running. What's going on here? Yeah. And then dying. By the time Friday came around, I was like, yeah, sorry, mate, it's not happening. <laughs> it's definitely not COVID. Well, this is the funny thing, right? Is I had both COVID and the flu back to back as a combo. So I I got um I got married. Well well, here's the thing. I got an um an unnamed cold, right? And it was one of those ones where Drained my energy to the point where, like, it, I keep, I try to power on because you know if I'm ill, I'll play some video games or something, right? But even that, I was like, I can't fucking do this. So like, it proper drained my energy, took my appetite, my sense of smell and taste started to go a bit wonky, and I was coughing my guts up. But every time I shoved one of those bloody tests up my nose, and believe me, there was a lot. <laughs> I was like, nope, negative, just negative, and then um. I started getting a bit better, you know, dosed myself up with medicine, started getting a bit better. But I never got I never got to 100%. I got to maybe like 80 tops. But when I got to 80, I was like, ah, maybe it's going. I'll start working again. So I started working again. And I must have been back at work, like, maybe like a week tops. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I still feel ill. And it's been like a week. And I'm not over it. And I haven't really been doing anything. Like, I cut out the gym because I was coughing up whenever I tried to do anything active. I was, you know, still taking medicine and everything. But I was like, I still don't, I don't feel good. I don't feel 100%. And then one evening, I got like a really bad sneezing fit. And I was like, this is taking the piss now. Like, I I was even saying out loud, like, I'm bored of this. Like, I can't be arsed with this anymore. And just, I don't know what it was, but something about me went, I'm just going to do another test. Just, Just on the off chance. And I just did a test on the off chance and it came up positive. And I was like, fuck me, right? Just (laughs) at some point, it crossed over from a normal cold into COVID. So I had it back to back. Mm. So, and, and then obviously once you've had COVID, I've had it twice now, there is like a period of like a week after that, where you're just, you're a bit out of sorts. Like, like it was things like you feel good and you're like, all right, sick. I feel really way better than I did a week ago. I'm going to go to the gym. And the second you even like, walk up the road you're like man i'm fucking tired (laughs) so you have that this week where you're just a total write-off as well and i still have a little cough from it but i'm convinced that's something new uh which is why i thought let's just get this recorded before i drop dead again but um yeah it just that was how i spent the first part of december 
Uh, and then um, after that, Christmas came up, man. What's the, what's what's the brother to do? <laughs> it's funny because, like I said, I, I I had my birthday at the start of December, mm. and I think within four days of my birthday, I started to feel ill. Yeah. But it was it was just a cough, and I was coughing constantly. And mm. the worst part, I felt actually fine in myself, but I couldn't sleep because the coughing was keeping me up. That's what I had to, yeah. And then that that lasted about two weeks, right? And then it started to peter off towards Christmas. And come Christmas Day, I was fine. I was happy. I was like, it's a miracle. It's a Christmas miracle, <laughs> folks. We've done it. Uh, and, yeah, three days over Christmas, uh, Boxing Day, day after that, saw some friends and stuff. Brilliant. The very next day, I started getting a sore throat. And I was like, fuck off. <laughs> I've had most, most of December ill. I clean up and now I've got a sore throat. Well, last all the way into the new year, I went to the doctors. Turns out I had strep slash tonsillitis. Oh, that thing that went around. Yeah. 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 So I was like, well, that's great. Mm. <laughs> so only now in the last week or so <laughs> have I got, no- I had nothing wrong with me. It's like my mm. meds, I was on some really powerful antibiotics to get to shift it. And uh, I'm like, now I'm. I feel back to normal. I feel great. Yeah. So, yeah, here that's we are. Happened. Yeah, that's 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 the beautiful thing. I was meant to go to Nick's birthday, but I, that was the like pretty much like the day before I would have set off to get mm. there was the day where I tested positive. So it's probably for, that's the other thing as well. It, it was. I think that was looming a little bit that I was like, I feel like shit. But if it is just a cold, mm. I can probably just man up and go. Yeah. I'll just I'll just fucking do a test. I'll just do a test. And I remember it must have been about two yeah, two or three days beforehand and I did the test and it just came up positive and I was like, if I didn't do that test and I just went, you know what, I'm just gonna show up anyway, I'd have been fucking sat there playing poker, just poisoning everyone. Well like yeah, the exactly. yeah. <laughs> like, like, like the monkey from fucking outbreak. Just, <laughs> just And that's the thing, like it's we're a far cry from where we were like a couple of years back, right? But mm. I think like, as long as these days you're being careful and not like say if you're ill like yeah you're not going anywhere and you're you're putting other people first in that sense then i think you're doing all you can like yeah uh, yeah it's, it's, I mean? it, it's kind of like um so the, the official rule now which i found out when i got covid mm. is business as usual even when you've got covid you just crack on yeah right? like you don't have to isolate you don't have to do anything which is which is mad but um because you're basically expecting people to look after themselves and others, and we all know that doesn't really happen. So, um, but what I did, what I did find in- interesting is when I had what was just a really bad cold beforehand mm. that I co- that I totally thought was COVID, but now I know wasn't. It was just the cold I had before it. Mm. I, when I went out, I still like put a mask on and shit. And obviously, in the back yeah. of my mind. It wasn't because I had a cold. It was, oh, well, just in case it's COVID, I'll do that. But when you really think about it, like, if you look at, like, I mean, obviously, like, Japan are, like, the example of this. This Everyone, the second someone's ill and they have to go to work because they're not, you know, when you're ill, but you're not, like, I'm ill, I need to take a day off ill, right? Mm. You see it for, you know, decades of media that it's not out of place to just stick a mask on when you're on, you know, when you're commuting to work, if you're ill. Mm. Like, it's... 
you're doing everyone else a favor. So oh, it's, and that's it's the thing. Not, it's not a, it's not an uncommon thing in the world. Like people do it anyway. Yeah, I, I, I didn't when I when I was ill in December. Like on the rare occasion that I I had to leave the house for something, I masked up. Mm. I, I wouldn't normally mask up if I'm if I'm fine because you know. Let, you have to, uh, yeah. I, I, people don't really understand the way masks work. Like masks don't protect you from other people; no. they protect other people from you. Yeah, so if yeah, you're yeah. ill, mask up. Yeah, like that. I think that, and I think that's fine and that's fair. So yeah. I was like, "Well, I'm ill. I don't want to give this to anybody. I'll mask up." Yeah, but that's the thing is, like, when I masked up to go to the shops, mm. a- again in my mind it was, which is a stupid way of thinking about it. It was like, oh, just in case it's COVID. Whereas mm. the reality is, I should have just gone. Well, I'm ill, and I don't want to give even this crappy cold to someone, so yeah. I should mask up anyway. But, uh, you know, again, we went, both of us went 30-plus years of our lives getting colds and fucking well, coughing yeah. our guts up in the supermarket, so it is what it is. Like, it's going to change a hell of a It's going to take a hell of a lot to change everyone's mind on that. And even now, when, when you're out and you hear people, like, next to you that, that are not wearing a mask and they're coughing, like, you can't yeah. help but go, Whoa. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, th- I, I get it a lot as well because, like, I'll um, I don't, I don't like regularly smoke, mm. but like, I'll have the odd tab here and there, especially if I'm steaming, right? Mm. So I'll go out, and during that night out, I'll have a few cigarettes or something like that, and then I'll be um, I'll be on like a train the next day because I'm going somewhere, and I like go, <clears throat> and I know that that's not me being ill. That's the aftermath of me being stupid. <laughs> but everyone else in the tube doesn't know that. They just see someone yeah. coughing up in the on the train and you're just like, ah fuck. That's the thing. Like I, yeah. I get I get a regular cough sometimes from my acid reflux. Right, right. So I, I if I'm out and I've eaten a like a like a meal or a specific or even alcohol, so alcohol does it to me as well. I've noticed it triggers the silent reflux oh, a little bit. So I start coughing. And mm. I'm like, I'm not ill. This is literally just the reaction I fucking get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've had to, I've had to do that a few times before. I'm like, look, I'm coughing here, but it's, it's because I know what I get. Well, it, it, it happened at work at the start of the um before this all kicked off. I remember going into the office, and this was when like they would they didn't really know what was going to go on. This like start of 2020, right? Um, and they'd already sent a few people to work from home, and they were kind of getting a little bit like don't know what the next move is and I went in the office and again because I knew what I got up to that weekend it was like a Monday and I was feeling like shit and I was coughing right but again I, I wasn't ill it wasn't COVID I just knew what I'd got up to I was I'd had a heavy weekend so I was coughing quite a bit I was getting fucking daggers from everyone in the office and in the end I ended up going to like my direct manager and going listen I'm getting fucking the stare down from everyone because I'm sat there spluttering. Mm. I know why I'm spluttering, but don't the rules say if you've got symptoms, you should go home. And then they went and spoke to like the, you know, someone above them. And they came over to me later that day and went, just fuck off, just go home. Mm. And I was like, I was like, I'm, te- I'm telling you I'm, I'm not ill, but if you're saying I should go home and take a sick day, See ya. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and they and they were like, it, like it's better for the workforce because even though, yeah, like we get it, you, you know, we'll take your word for it, you're not ill. You like people are getting the fucking fear just being around you. So I was like, 
Yeah, this must have been what it must have been like working in the Resident Evil One laboratory when it all yeah. went south. You know, you sat you sat there next to someone taking samples, and he's just like itchy, <laughs> tasty. Yeah, and you must be like, "Oi, I think fucking Marvin's going a bit south. We need to go." <laughs> yeah. uh, welcome to the Corona Cast, everyone. Yes, that's us demonetized. If I put it on um, YouTube. <laughs> To be um, honest, we already got demonetized because I swore within the first uh, three minutes. Oh, really? Is that that's, the, that's the that's the new rule. You you can go on YouTube and you can create a video that essentially exposes largely hate speech. Okay, but as long as you don't swear within the first three minutes, you can still get that video monetized. Oh, if, you, if if the automatic process picks up you swearing in the first three minutes, you automatically get a you can't monetize this video. Oh, I better change my, uh, my script then. Damn. Mm, mad. <laughs> yeah, apparently it's all right when it's when you're deeper into the video, but it's something like the first three minutes. Um, any swear words? Like I, I, I follow a few like football YouTubers, and obviously like they do like clip shows of like their live reactions to the matches and stuff like that. So like they'll do their live stream, and then they'll put up like the best moments. And like let's say something happens early in the match, so early in the clip video. There's a part where they're celebrating or you know kicking off because they've been you know their team's conceded. They've all started putting in like a little you know like a almost like a beep like they put in a little block of silence. So they, they've they've just started editing their own swear words out and stuff during mm. those videos. And Aris Aris swears like a trooper, but the guy who uploads all his videos, he's got his own editor. Um, and his editor, No Pants. Well, his editor now, if you watch any of his like recent ones, there's or any swear words now are just, you know, they're being beeped out until like later on in the videos. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just this weird new thing that YouTube are doing. So keep that in mind. Bloody hell. It'd be a content creator, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, so everyone who actually came here to listen to some content about video games. Um, what we're going to do, because it's the first one of the year, um, rather than go over all the stuff we've been playing, because there's been a lot of it, and um, mm. I think we're going to save that and give that to you kind of in batches over the coming weeks or months or whatever. Um, we're going to try and do something a little bit more uh, focused, I guess the, the word would be, and uh, just have a general chat about um, 2022 and um, the various games that we enjoyed or maybe didn't enjoy during the year. Um, and um, it's a weird one for me because um, like, I, I've looked back on... I did, I did my top 10, and I've looked back on it a few times. And <clears throat> I've seen a few people say that um, 2022 was a really good year for games. And honestly, I look back at my top 10 and go like... Like, if I look back at... Um, so I, I did a top 10 for every year I was alive on the backlog site. I remember that. And if I look at my top 10s from like 1996 through to like 2002, there's like a, in fact, let's say a 10-year period of like 06 to like 2006, right? Or maybe yeah, 2005. That, that kind of block there from mid-90s to mid-early 2000s. I look at this year and... Maybe and one game gets into those top tens, right? One game, and that's my number one, right? 
which we might as well get out in front of now. It was, it was fucking Elden Ring. <laughs> surprise, surprise. It was yeah, mine too. like. But this is the thing: is it's um. Well, let's start with a bit of Elden, right? That Elden Ring this year was by far and away the the best game this year. Like it was massively out in front of everything else, and I think the um. If I'm taking my own personal thoughts about the game out of the equation for a second, the reason why it is it was the best game released in 2022 is all of the different builds and classes and stuff that you can do in it and all of the different play styles and the fact that there are lots of different ways that you can mitigate the difficulty by doing things in the game rather than just switching a thing on the menu to say easy, right? Hmm. And when you look at like the completion statistics, which is, I know it's a bit of a rough thing. It's not a particularly accurate measure, but the people, the amount of people who've got like late game trophies, mm. like who've unlocked it. Or if you look at like the, the trophy or achievement websites that are online and have a look at the percentage of people who've unlocked, you know, got to the last area or beat the final boss trophy and shit like that. Mm. Um, like this was the, this was, the game that finally turned all of that goodwill towards from software's you know last decade of releases into like they're as big as a triple a now like that they are they're one of the big boys and and the sales came and even people who like found the game their games intimidating or I'm not going to play bloodborne it's too hard they played elden ring and most of them stuck with it and they sat, they saw it out. Like um, the best example I can give you is um, my brother. He loves video games because he's got a couple of kids and a busier life than me. He um, he doesn't get a chance to play them as much, right? Um, but many, many moons ago, Dark Souls One, I think, was free on Games with Gold many years ago. They gave it oh, away, wow. or it was like three quid in a sale, right? And he basically said, oh, I heard you talking about it, so I thought I'd pick it up and give it a go. Mm. And then, you know, we don't speak every day. It must have been like six months go past, and we're at a family gathering, and he comes up to me and goes, that bloody Dark Souls is good, isn't it? And the next thing we know, we're talking about, like, you know, all the bosses. And it it, it was, I mean, this is an example of how good that game is. He's, all, he's even saying the things that, I said when I played it, like, oh, I beat those, that what when you have to fight two of them at once. And like, when I did that, I was like three in the morning going, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, he gets it. He gets it. Yeah. And since then, he's played everything. Now, before Christmas, there was an incredible deal on the Series S hmm. where some places were doing it for like, and this is, was like an official RRP for like 187 quid. I ended up buying a second one. On this, oh wow, okay. Because my partner's going to want to play Dragon Age when it comes out, and that I can't have that eaten into my Halo time. So yeah. <laughs> I, bought a, I bought a second Series S, but um, my brother finally upgraded from his shitty Xbox One launch week thing to a Series S, basically because he'd heard what I was saying before Christmas. He go, he comes up to me and just goes, "Here, um, there's a sale on at the minute. I'm having a look at a few things." And he goes, "Honestly, I only really play stuff on Game Pass." Hmm. I'm looking at that cyberpunk. I'm looking at maybe the Resident Evil remake. And I'm looking at that Elden Ring. Which one of those do you reckon will be on Game Pass? I went, there's an outside chance cyberpunk might one day appear on Game Pass. But also, some like the Witch is like seven quid these days when it goes on sale. Yeah. Wait on it. Wait on it, right? Resident Evil remake, it'll be on sale again. And yeah. Resi 7 was on Game Pass for a bit. 
hold fire. How much is Elden Ring? He went, it's 30 quid. It's the most expensive of all of them. Went, buy it. That 30 quid, done. That, that's your game. Based on how much you play games, you'll be dirt. A couple of weeks go past, you know, we get, go from Christmas, I'm back at work. I'll get a text message from him just going, oh, I just beat that market. It's like the best thing ever. And like, that's the thing is like, even those kind of casuals where it's like, like he plays like Game Pass stuff and FIFA. Mm. Even he's like, I'm in. Like on a on a like the, he messaging me going, I'm probably going to be playing this all year. It's one of the best games I've ever played. Like it's just it's become undeniable. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, and I, I think that's um, I say like like you said, that's a testimony to how good FromSoft have got at their craft. I guess, mm. um, and how I think. The, those those FromSoft games have always had a level of accessibility. Like you could always set your own difficulty. Yeah, I, I think now with Elden Ring, it is the easiest of the bunch to get into, and there's there's quite the scale. Yeah, so you can go in entry level. You can you can play as a as a caster or whatever, mm. or you can go sword and board. And you know, it, it, you're setting your. There's no difficulty slider here. It doesn't need one. Yeah. Right. It's it's all about exploration. It's all about discovering what works. And uh, like you said, just it, it's it's Bloodborne's still my favourite FromSoft game. Me, me too. But me too. Elden Ring is the most polished. It's 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 one of those down. things where like um, it's kind of like what we were talking about before we went live when we were doing a bit of a warm up is. Bloodborne's my favourite too because I love the setting, the soundtrack. I love how it looks. I really like playing those games aggressively and Bloodborne is entirely designed around playing it aggressively. Um, But if someone puts a gun to my head and go, which one is the best one? It probably is Elden Ring. Like like if you look at it objectively, like Elden Ring does kind of do it all better across the board doesn't mean yeah. it's not it doesn't mean it's my favorite but but yeah it's 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 one just when you sort of take your own personal um personal like likes and dislikes out of the equation for a minute yeah. Elden's pro Elden is probably the best but it's interesting what you said about the difficulty it's it's exactly that and I think because you have to kind of set your own difficulty mm. by doing certain things. I think that draws people in because it makes it still makes you feel like you've achieved something. Like if you're shit at Elden Ring and you're one of those people who complains and wants an easy mode in games, but you picked it up anyway and you got stuck at a boss where in Dark Souls 3 you maybe would have just fucked it off and said there should be an easy mode. But in Elden Ring you then explored elsewhere, found really good spells and gear, obviously leveled up from exploring elsewhere, found a couple of really good spirit ash summons. So you can, you know, summon a, you know, su- support or yeah. maybe summoned another player in who, you know, was able to fight alongside your character who has leveled up. So you can at least survive the battle. Mm. When you beat that boss, you've still achieved something mm. like you found those spirit ashes you found those spells. You leveled up your guy so he could use those spells. And then you battered the boss or beat the boss because you learned its learned its strategies. And I think that, that there's something about being able being able to mitigate the difficulty in many ways 
that is really appealing towards people who don't want an easy mode and those who do want an easy mode. I think that that's, that's kind of the way that FromSoft have um, managed to create a decent compromise for both parties. Mm. We're not going to give you an easy mode, but we're going to give you a million and one ways to make this easier. Um, yeah. and, and, and like there are some little things that um, they did, like the fact you don't need to run back to bosses anymore mm. um, from that. And um, like I had a bit of a weird relationship with that because I found that... Um, at first, I was like, because I'm good at these fucking games, right? Yeah. So I, I didn't like that at first because I was like, I don't feel like I'm being punished. Mm. Like, I, I almost feel like I'm just banging my head against the, the boss here. Especially like, what one particular boss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what, what I, I guess what I mean by it is, um, like, when, when you had to run back to the boss, even though it was only like a minute or two minutes usually, that that running back to the boss did two things. First of all, it meant that you couldn't let your focus drop because you no. could still take hits from the shitty enemies you were trying to mm. run past, right? And the second thing it did is it gave you time to think, should I try this again or yeah. should I try something else, right? It was a little bit of thinking time, whereas I was almost playing some of the bosses like Hotline Miami early doors where I would die and just go straight back in and die and go straight back in. And when I beat the when I beat some of the early bosses, I didn't feel as satisfied as some of the other games because I was like, well, I just I just brute forced that. I just kept trying it until I did it. <clears throat> but by the end of the game, when the difficulty had upped exponentially on some of the late game bosses, I was like, thank <clears throat> fuck, I can just bang my head against this because it this boss took me 11 hours of attempts i am glad it would have taken me 20 hours if i had to walk back to them every time so i think in the end in the end it kind of it, it was fine it was yeah. fine so there were, there was a couple of bosses that gave me trouble <clears throat> but mostly mostly they were fine like it was like i said there was you, you get that thing don't you where it's like i know that the problem is not well the problem is not the boss the problem is me not learning the boss's pattern. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's always been the in, been the way with them. Like, well, and once you get that pattern down, I mean, I I am notoriously bad at remembering stuff, right? Like quickly, so it takes me longer to do a boss than say you would, like, right? Because you know, I, I I'm like, okay, they've done that. I know what to do next time, and then I immediately don't do the thing that I need to do. But I know that's my problem, and I know that's my fault, and I know that if I keep pushing, eventually I'll overcome it. Um, and I, I had that a couple of times with, I say, obviously the with Melania, yeah, Blade of Mikula. <clears throat> so hearing that over and over again, it's like, yeah, okay, okay, please stop, please stop hurting me. <laughs> um, and I think I remember the Salamander was a pain. Uh, he was the one in Caleb that was guarding the katana I needed, for right? The build, um. He was a pain because he was so strong. It wasn't because he was like doing anything particularly crazy, but I know as soon as I got hit by him, he would just drain like three quarters of my health. Right, I was right. I couldn't do anything about that. And I'm just I say I'm just not good enough at reacting to stuff. <laughs> um, and then uh, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed in particular the fight against Hulk Hogan. Sorry, oh, yeah, mean, that fellow, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I meant Horaloo. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? What, do you know what? I, for a minute, <laughs> for a minute there, I was like, 
the fuck is he talking about? And the reason why is because I did him first time. Right. Yeah, so I was like, I've totally forgotten he was in the game. Then I was like, the fuck is he talking about? Hulk? Oh, yeah, there's that guy I thought I fought once and battered him. By, yeah. Yeah, by the end of the game, I was disgustingly overpowered. Like, the, la- the last few bosses, I, I walked, which is a little disappointing because the pow- like the stuff beforehand. What is mad, though, and I guess this is the beauty of those... Um, of the FromSoft games. There's always a boss that you struggle with and there's always a boss that you smash. Like the original Dark Souls, I nearly first my first playthrough, just because of the way I shaped my character, I nearly gave up at the Four Kings. I couldn't put out enough damage yeah. quick enough to stop getting overwhelmed. Hated it. When I did it, it was a proper oh, like glory moment. Yeah. Chatting to my brother about it years later when he finally plays it, and he was just like, oh, "I did them first time." Like, I just hmm. I've never had an issue. I've never had difficulty with Ornstein and Smoke. Yeah, like there's video footage of me beating them at level one, soul level one, right? Yes, that yeah. took me ages, but I still did it. Like, I've never really, they've never really caused me a massive amount of bother, Ornstein and Smoke. But in um in uh, Elden Ring, everyone gets stuck at Millennia. Everyone got bodied by a. Except my one mate, James. Did a like maybe third or fourth time. Just like yeah. got into her, fought her, beat her. Like, I, it might have even been like first time. It might have been something mad like that. I might have been doing him a disservice there. But yeah, he beat her and then afterwards found out that everyone was getting like bodied by her and was just like, was that it? Had no idea. I think uh, she does have a mechanic that other bosses don't. And it is—it's a bullshit mechanic. It's the whole regenerating health thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As soon as she touches you, she siphons health, which is even like, well, if you block. even if you block, even if you block, so you have to beat her without her touching you, mm. which is what makes the fight difficult. Yeah. Now, if you look at streamers and all these other speedrunners that do it, you know they've they've got it down to a T and they know everything. I've I've, I've witnessed no damage, no hit runs, you know, all yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff, and it's incredible. I, I watched a, a runner last week. Uh, attempt the game only killing bosses if he could one shot them. Oh yeah, I've seen a few of those for the other Souls games. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it was interesting. It was like a thirty minute video, and he was going through, and he goes, "Right, what do I need?" And he was applying all these buffs. He went for the door, bash, dead. <laughs> and obviously, he counts uh, phase changes in there. So if they do a phase change, that counts as a separate part, so you can hit sure. again. Um, <clears throat> but it's impressive. Like he walked in there, hit Melania once. She goes down, <laughs> hits her again. I was like, "Well, well, fuck me then." I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this guy's so, got it. He knows what he's doing. That's the other thing about it as well. Is like it still has that from soft thing where like, and I guess this does come into the difficulty thing where it's like, look, if you want, you can just break this game. Like the the system's applicable enough that they're balanced enough to allow someone to do like a serious first playthrough and whatever. But if you just you know give it a month, wait until people have busted the game open, it is possible to just go right. What's the best? Mm. And someone will have gone like right. If you do X, Y, and Z, you will be able to walk the game. What I did think was quite interesting this time around, though, is um. Uh, because of the scale of it and how many people were playing it, PvB, v- PvP was super active, and um, I ended up having to uninstall the game because um, I, I obviously when it came out, I played it solidly for like six weeks, finished it, 
And then um, I built a class just for PvP. And what I did is I was really sneaky because I looked up online what the the most bullshit broken class was mm. and went, right, what's the second most bullshit broken class? And I made the second most bullshit broken class because I could feel that the bullshit top level one was going to get nerfed into the ground. And it was one of those times where I was like, my fighting game knowledge came in. I was like, never pick the best character early on in the game. Now the internet exists because they're gonna get they're gonna get work. And yeah, needless to say, like within like a week of me playing PvP, they nerfed the hell out of this one build that you saw all the time, and my build got completely untouched. So that and I'd been and I'd been using it for like a week by that point. So I had it I had all of the little synergies down to a fine art, right? Yeah. And then I just got addicted to it because it was so easy, because there's so many people playing it. You could get matches so quick. And there's a bridge before you fight... Um, uh, I forgot his name. Uh, Malekith. There's a bridge before you fight him that you have to go up. It's like a stair staircase yep. bridge thing. Uh, and, and at the top of it, there's um, like a boss mob. So it's it's a boss that has now just become like a default enemy, right? Yeah. It's one of the tree sentinels, right? Big, fa- big fella on horseback, right? Um, and um, basically, you can only invade there much like a lot of other places, if the person you are invading has already got a summon help in the game. And that can be up to two other players. So you're always minimum outnumbered two to one. But a lot of the time you're outnumbered three to one, um, which you might might think sounds unfair. And it is, but you're also trying to ruin their game actively. This is not an honourable decision to take part in PvP, you are invading their game. And the way that the FromSoft kind of balance that is going, yeah, you can only invade someone who's got help, right? Um, but what I would do is I would just stand at the top of that staircase and sometimes, because if you kill that tree sentinel, he doesn't respawn because he's a boss mob. But sometimes, because the boss door is right behind him, most people are get they're stuck at that boss, which is why they've summoned help. And they're just running past him and going straight into the boss door, right? So you can just stand up there and you get to fight alongside this gigantic tree sentinel. And it's like, this will even the fucking odds <laughs> that I've got this gigantic boss alongside me. And I got I got hooked, man. And like the thrill of going into someone's game, ruining their, their run at the boss. And usually, if you win, beating the odds. Because you, you, you nine times out of ten, you it's three versus one. But the amount of times I'd go in there, body a three versus one, get to taunt, man, I ended up, you get a rune arc, which is like a really strong power up to use in the game. Uh, every time you win um, a PvP fight, you normally only get these for beating bosses or they're like a rare find in the game. If I load up my Elden Ring file right now, I've got 99 rune arcs. Yes. It's maxed, it's maxed out <laughs> because I just, I, 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 honestly, I must have played over 100 PvP battles. And then, like, lots of games avoided Elden Ring for obvious reasons, because it's massive, mm. it, almost too big. Um, like I say to a lot of people, there was a part where um, you find this well for the first time, and you go down, and when you go down, you click the map screen, and you realise that there's an entire underworld. So which, so is as, which is, yeah, yeah, which is as big mm. as the overworld, pretty much. And um, when I first saw that, I actually felt a bit sick, like, I, I actually, it almost made me give up. I was like, oh, I'm never going to see all of this. I can't be asked, right? It, it was overwhelming. But um, even with um, that in mind, how big it is, 
by the time that I was deep into PvP, uh, Elden Ring Honeymoon, which lasted longer than most other games, had kind of died <laughs> off a little bit, and other titles were starting to be released, and you know the world was starting to become normal again. And I was just like, I ain't gonna fucking play any of these, man, if I don't do something. Yeah. So I had to uninstall. I had to uninstall it, and I bought the disc version because I got a fancy box. It's on my From Software shelf up there. Very few games get that treatment these days, but I had to uninstall it. Disc back in the box, out of the PS5. I can't. I can't fucking touch this again for a bit. Yeah. I did it, the same. I did the same thing. I. I was. Uh, I was acutely aware that I was going back because I'd, I'd already dumped by this point 150 hours into my one playthrough. Yeah. Right. So I, I had cleared every boss on the map. I had explored every nook and yeah. cranny that was possible. I, I proper gave that game a good going over, right? Mm. Whereas I, I, I initially you're like, damn, this is too big. And I normally detest games that are too big because I can't, I don't have the time for them. Yeah, this is the one exception where I was that sucked in. I wanted to explore and see everything it had to offer. Um, I'd started a second playthrough with a new character. <laughs> I did that too as well. And I was like, I'm going to go in as a mage this time to see what that experience is like. <laughs> and halfway through, I was like, I need to stop because I'm just not going to play anything else. So I did the same thing. I uninstalled it. But that the beauty of Elden Ring, uh, and you know, is it's probably seen in very few other games, is that not you, you're not you're going to speak to people who played it, and they're not going to have had the same experience. Mm. They're going to have a completely different experience because they went somewhere else at the start. They went down a different path, a different route. They they set their own difficulty. They went in with friends. They might have done it on their own. Yeah. And by the end game, you've got you know I, I traveled up this path and found this bit, and it's 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 an amazing game for that reason that it is very moldable to the player. Um, what I've been chatting to. Uh, so I I did the same thing. I am. Um, I started another build, and this time I brought because the game had been out for ages. When I started the um, the second playthrough, I just wanted to do make sure I did everything right. So my first playthrough was kind of by hook or by crook. My second playthrough was going to be the one that I leave on the cusp for the DLC, like a clean save. So I was going through it with a checklist of like this is the order you should do everything in to get everything so you'll have every weapon and there's like um there's basically like two things that you can't get in the game and that's because there's the choice of these mm. two items so you, you basically you get everything by doing this and there's you make a decision on two items and i was like okay that's fair enough and the only way you'd be able to get those is if you knew game plus it but i'm like that's that's cool i don't i don't i can i can handle that and the idea of doing this clean save was go through this checklist get everything and then just leave it ready for the DLC. Because by having everything at my disposal, because you can respec so easily, if I did fancy trying out something new, I could get it. Whereas on my original playthrough, partly because there were some bugs at launch, there's a few items and weapons that I missed and can never get, basically, um, on my original playthrough. So I wanted like a clean everything playthrough. But then I, I just I got too deep. I got too deep. I got about... I must have been about a third, two thirds of the way through the game when I went, I can't do this anymore, man. I'm playing, and even talking about it now, I'm like, fucking hell, should I, <laughs> should I give Elden Ring spin? You know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's fair to say that Elden Ring 
It's it, it was a tap in. It walked it, and that's not just because twenty twenty two for my money was a bit dry. It 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 get Elden Ring gets in on, you know, as I said, those those lists between ninety five and two thousand and five. It get it gets in on the same year as things like Symphony of the Night. It gets in on the same year as things like Super Metroid. It gets in on the same year as you know Dreamcast games in its pomp. Like it's it's yeah, Elden Ring gets into a into you know like ninety eight and ninety eight is like ludicrous where it's like Ocarina of Time, um, you know. I mean, I had a look at my list the other day, but it's like Ocarina of Time, Grim Fandango, Half Life. Uh, like it 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 gets in that year. It's it's that good. Um, but yeah, any list anywhere that says it's not Game of the Year twenty twenty two, they're just trying to be cool. They're just trying to be cool. I, I, I even got deep into rune farming at one point. I would log on just to rune farm. Rune farm? Yeah, there's a, there's a specific spot. Um, I can't remember. It's where the blood uh, the blood omen king. I can't remember oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know you mean. It's, it's his area, and there's a spot where you spawn in, and there's like the sleeping turtle-looking dudes. I can't remember their names. Yeah. Oh, you... oh, I know where you are, and it, it, there's that slope that goes down. Yeah. Do you if know you about the bird? The... Yes, you, you you do the bird. Do the bird, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then if you finish the game, you get yeah. the the weapon from him, and you do the the, the golden wave slash. Yeah, it and kills it wipes him. out everything. And I was yeah. like, that's a good XP. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, I, I did that. The bird, man. Like I, t- I tell you what, if there's got to be an MVP for 2022, it's that, that fucking bird. bird. It's that fucking bird. <laughs> in, in, <laughs> yeah, that that bird there, man. Shout out, shout out to the big man. That was that, that. That's a lot of it. Is what it was like. I'd get stuck at a boss, and or like I wanted to use a specific weapon, and I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm going to respect to use this weapon. Oh, I need like four or five more experience points in that skill to get it. Mm. I'm going to go. I'm going to go see the bird, <laughs> yeah. and I'd be like on my lunch break at work or something, just like I'll oh, just, uh, you know, go to the bonfire, shoot the bird, get twenty k. <laughs> I love it. They haven't patched him out either, from what I've gathered. The bird Good. is still the bird is still active. He's still a, a legitimate way of playing the game. That's the other thing as well. There's your easy mode. Go mm. see the bird. Early early doors, you go see the boulder. And then yep. once the boulder doesn't give you enough points anymore, go see the bird. Go see the bird. Mm-hmm. 2022's MVP. Um, I'll tell you what, here's a game. Here's a game that um that I put off playing. Right, mm. with good reason. And um, when I did play it, it instantly broke my top ten. Instantly, and then immediately after breaking my top ten, over the course of the next six months, it just slowly crept up it and just kept going. And it ended up basically being the, just below El- like it was below Elden Ring. It was like my favorite game of last year that wasn't Elden Ring. That fucking Vampire Survivors, man. So I never touched that. Don't, don't. Oh, don't. Okay, <laughs> right. Okay, after playing Vampire Survivors over two different platforms and for a lot, a long time, like Mm. 20, 30 hours, right? I then found out that like one of the main dudes in development of it, maybe the main dude, I don't know, don't know much more about it than this, but he used to work on like fruit machines and stuff like gambling machines. Right. And I'm like, ah, all of this makes so much sense now. So all that you do on Vampire Survivors 
is walk around. That is the only interaction. You use the analog stick and you move your character around. That's it. They will attack on a cooldown timer automatically. And their, their basic attack depends on which character you've got. There's loads of characters to unlock and each has a different baseline attack. Uh, fundamentally, every character can use every attack. It's just really which one you start with and what little extra uh, little wrinkle each character has. Like some of them are quicker, some of them do more damage, that sort of thing. Enemies start coming at you and you kill them with the automatic attack and they drop little orbs that you pick up and they give you experience. And when you fill the experience bar... Um, you choose a level up from the system. So you make yourself quicker, make yourself stronger, give yourself a new ability. And these abilities all stack. So next time you level up, you can choose a new ability or choose the same ability again and make it stronger or make it fire more projectiles. And that's it. You keep killing the monsters. You keep getting stronger. You keep building this class out from random things. And you get the stronger you get, the more monsters they send in. And by the end of it, you get like this bullet hell experience where the screen is full of like hundreds and hundreds of enemies but you're also firing like hundreds and hundreds of projectiles out and like just like a horde of level one enemies will fly at you at once but because you've got a shield around you that can one shot level one enemies they hit you and they just evaporate the second they touch you and it's like Everything about that is so satisfying. And this is this is where the fact that he worked on like gambling stuff comes in. Everything about it is satisfying. Killing an enemy feels good. Picking up an orb, the little sound effect it makes. It's it's like it's like it's the perfect sound effect. Have you ever heard um about the research that goes into the ch- the, the kill chirps in like Call of Duty? No. So can you remember when Modern Warfare One first came out, <laughs> right? As in Call of Duty Four, right? Everyone was a bit like, Call of Duty's cool, but, you know, that was it. No one no one expected the global phenomena that was about to come, you know, destroy the world of FPS games, right? Everyone just thought, Call of Duty's cool. That's it. They did that beta, didn't they, for Modern Warfare, the first one, right? Call of Duty 4. And everyone was like, oh, I'll give it a go. And that weekend, everyone just went from, like, Oh, I might play it to like, it's the best game ever made, right? I remember, because I was living in Banbury at the time, right? That beta, that beta weekend for COD 4 was nuts. But part of it was, and it's still in there to this day, when you kill someone in Call of Duty, it makes a little noise, that little that little chirp. That's the kill chirp. And that okay. there's, so, there's something about that and seeing the little X appear, you know, the little yellow X that it was at the time, combined, yeah. that gives you this satisfying feedback. The best one, to this day, is kill zones. Kill zone nails it. It feel the kill zone kill chirp is so satisfying. Every single interaction in um, Vampire Survivors has that level of like thought. Picking up the experience orbs sounds good. Killing enemies sounds and feels good. Leveling up the noise that makes sounds good. Like everything is designed to make you feel good and satisfying satisfied and getting stronger and because the interaction is so basic even when you die you instantly think oh, i could have done better i'll give it another go the maximum it is possible to essentially get into a position where you the enemies can't get you and you're strong enough to kill them and you can you could effectively just put the pad down and the game would play itself at that point. Mm-hmm. But usually by that point, the game is ready to end. Essentially, when you get to 30 minutes of survival, 
this thing appears that you collect and it ends the game. And it's like, you won, congratulations, right? So the idea is basically to survive for 30 minutes. Okay. By the time that you're at 30, by the time that you are at the level of abilities that you could survive for 30 minutes, you could actually survive forever. Like, like the, the, the builds that I have at 30 minutes, I could just put the pad down. And the amount of stuff that's flying off my guy will just kill everything indefinitely. But there's there becomes a point where there's just no point carry, carrying on. But um, because it's only really ever 30 minutes or less when you're playing it, it proper falls into like, ah, oh, can't really be asked to play anything else. Ah, oh, just give a quick, have a quick go of, of the old vampire survivors. And in that time, you feel good. You Oh, there's always something to unlock. Again, it has that battle pass call of duty thing where you so much as like fart near an enemy and it's like you leveled up this weapon now you can do this or like you finish you finish in um, a playthrough and it's like even if you had like a shit run and it just didn't really go your way when when it's doing like the end game statistics it's always like you unlock this achievement you can now play as this character you now did this and i'm like oh man it's just it's always just giving you like you know, stuff. stuff and like yeah. it all feels it all feels and sounds and looks good. The soundtrack's amazing. You can tell that they wanted it to be Castlevania themed, but you know, alas, they didn't get the license. Mm. But um it's it it to say it's like addictive is almost selling it short because it's it's addictive by design. Like you mm. can tell that this guy has gone like how how can we make this compulsive as fuck? But the cool thing about the um I've not played the mobile version because the mobile version is free to play. I don't know whether there's any microtransactions involved in that as well. There might be with the way that you unlock characters. But the console versions and the PC version, which I've played, you buy it. It's like three quid mm. and there's no there's no other purchase. So everything is done through getting the currency in game you get for killing the monsters and picking up. So when you unlock a new character, you have to buy them, which is probably where the microtransactions come in on the free phone version. But in I'm, the looking, cons- I'm looking at it now. I've downloaded the app to my phone. Yeah, so I don't know whether the, I don't know whether there's other purchases in the free phone version, but I've been playing it just on the Steam version. It came out on Xbox Live Arcade. Xbox Live Arcade. Fuck me. It would be a perfect Xbox Live Arcade <laughs> title. I think that's why it's in my head. It came out in Game Pass, and um, that's when I first played it and went, "Oh, this is good." And then I got myself a Steam Deck, and I was like, "This is the perfect Steam Deck game. <laughs> Just have it portable." So um, I, I, I bought the Steam version and started again. And um, mm. the, here's 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 the real beauty, though, and this is where I think it would even get you, which is why I'm warning you off playing it. Um, all of that stuff where it just starts freely unlocking stuff. So you have a good run, you finish, and it goes. Here's all the cool shit you unlocked. Da 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 da. Here's all the cool stuff. Eventually, there comes a point where that starts to dry up a little bit. But then, if you look on like online, have a look at like guides and stuff. There's actually loads of secrets in it. So it's like, oh, if you if you're when you level up your builds, if you choose this weapon and level it up to like this level, and then choose this weapon and level up to this weapon, it actually turns into like a super weapon. And then once you've unlocked that super weapon, you can start fight. You can start using it from the start again. Because you've unlocked it, and there's like, um, I was on one on one of the levels, right? Because it, it basically it feels like an infinite plane that you're walking around, right? And just randomly generated, just a big infinite plane that they throw enemies at. 
And on one of the levels that I unlocked, again, I don't even know how I unlocked the level. I think it was like, because I survived for 20 minutes on like level one, it unlocked level two. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. I was playing level two. And on level two, when wandering around, I found like a little item and it was a map. And it said, from now on, if you press start <laughs> to pause the game, it'll show you the map. I was like, what fucking map? I thought it was just a big infinite plane. And it kind of is, but there are items on it. And then on one of them, there was a question mark in the corner. I went, no, I went back on level one after that. I went, I'm going to use the map. Game starts, paused it. And it, it showed me where a couple of like, you know, power-ups were that I could get for free. But then in the top corner, there was a question mark. I thought, what's that? Anyway, it took me, it literally took me like 10 minutes to walk to it. It was that far away. Um, so I, I'm also trying to like level up and balance the books and stuff. But yeah, it took me about 10, 15 minutes to actually walk the distance to it. I get to it and there's a casket surrounded by like super high level enemies that just wrecked me straight away. So I thought, all right, cool, whatever. Unlocked a few different characters. And now I've got a character to unlock that I'm really good at building a class around as long as like the right. It, it's still random what things you get to choose every time you level up. But as long as the, as long as the dice rolls go in my favor, I can build a pretty beastly character um and i I actually finished my first stage i I played level two and hit the half an hour deadline and actually saw it go boom stage complete for the first time and i was like whoa i didn't realize you could finish stages and obviously i unlocked a load of shit for that but i was so dominant by the end of that i thought hang on a minute i'm gonna go back on level one now and try to do the same thing and during that play on level one now i knew how to build this class i thought i'm gonna go check out that casket again so this time, the high-level enemies appear around the casket, but because I kind of knew how to shape this class, I absolutely trashed them. It takes me like 10 seconds to just wipe them all up. And then I touch the casket, and it's like, hey, you, here's a new character you can unlock. Hmm. And I was like, oh, there's secrets. There's secrets upon secrets in this game. So it's not just survive 20 minutes and you unlock this. Survive half an hour and you unlock this. Um play a level with this character and you unlock this, kill this amount of car- enemies with this character and you unlock this. That That is all in it. But there's also stuff that's kind of off the beaten track that you have to yeah. find out about and do certain things to like unlock shit. And that's when, I, like, um, one of the things that you can get is this bird that flies around you dropping bombs, right? Or like, f- and then firing lasers. And I leveled that up to level 10 on one of my playthroughs. And by doing that, in the end game screen, it went, cool, you level up this bird to level 10, your prize for leveling up to level 10 is like an evil version of the bird. Hmm. I was like, all right, cool, and it fires like a different weapon. So I could then use, that That then goes into the possible list of things that you can level up with. Basically, the when you unlock these new abilities, they go into the, the, the pool of level up choices. And I thought on one of my other builds, I went, I'm going to try leveling up both birds to level 10. Hmm. And I did. I got them both to level 10 and they joined together to become some kind of like super bird. That, <laughs> that was basically just like it, it, it. The second I got that, I was like, oh, I've won. Like I'm going to make the half an hour mark at this point because it was just smashing stuff up. It's got all that stuff in it. And I sound like an addict talking about like yeah. booze at this point. And I'm What's like, worse is that you're selling it to me. Oh, mate, mate, it sells itself. You, you, you'll play like one go of like Honestly, it's like that. You play one game of it and you're like, that was fun. I'll have another go. And that's it. The fact that you've already gone, I'll have another, I'll have another go at that. That's, that's the addiction. It's in because by about the second game, you know what to do. Cause it feels a bit weird at first. Cause the first time I played it, I was actually pressing a button going, am I, am I actually firing this? Am I aiming this? No, you just move one handed. That's all you do. The game plays itself other than that. Hmm. But man, like 
as I said, I put it off because I knew it was going to get me. And when I finally played it, I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. And then just every time I've kind of fired it up since then, it's just slowly gone. Oh, yeah, it's gone to number nine in my 10 of the year. Oh, maybe it's going to go up to number five. <laughs> and it's just, it's slowly crept its way up. And now it's just like, yeah, it's amazing. It's really good. Damn. Damn. It's, uh, so what is it? What was it? Was it number one? Two? Was it it's number, number two? Number two, 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 mate. It was like yeah. Elden Ring, Vampire Survivors. Jesus. Mid- Midnight Suns was two for me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is it this is. is this is the best game I didn't play last year for me. Hundred percent. A, a game so good. I mean, I, I I put in eighty hours for the review. Right, that's, mm. that's, a, that's a that's a shift for a review, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. So, uh, it was a game that good. I rebought it on PS Five and played through the entire thing again. Nice. Like that is that is how much I enjoyed Midnight Suns. Um, and I read other people's reviews. <clears throat> I agree with some of the comments about you know some of the some of the Abbey stuff being a bit sort of like meh. But honestly, the, as, as a tactics game, as a card game, as a customizable game where you get to build your heroes how you want, make them look how you want, is one of the best Marvel games I've mm. played in a long time. And I like the Abbey stuff. I liked making friends with Cap and uh, the other. I was, I was careful not to say names in case people haven't played it and spoilers for, you know, in case. Yeah, yeah. But, but being able to become friends with Marvel's finest and do really dumb, really dumb sort of like, I want to call them dates. But they're not dates. Like, just... yeah, they, no, they are dates. It, it, is, it is that that stuff is blatantly lifted from like dating sims yeah it's that whole balancing relationships with like you know the more they like you the more effective they are and so like that's from dating sims man i've not played it but i've heard it compared to uh fire emblems three kingdoms yeah yeah definitely a bit of that in there definitely some fire emblem in there which is you know a very highly regarded series for that for that reason yeah exactly um but there was moments where like you know, you finish your mission, come back in the evening. There's there's four of the heroes waiting around, and you can go, you can choose one of them to go and hang out with, and you can choose your activity. And I was like, let's go play pool, or let's go play, let's go play cards, or let's go hang out by the pool. <laughs> it, it, it it's it's just really dumb, but I really liked it. <laughs> I saw um I saw fishing with blade being a particular high point. That you can just go fishing with blade. Yeah, sure. That's a game in itself. I'd yeah. buy that. Fishing with blade. Fishing uh, with blade. You know, um, you know when you play XCOM for the first time, right? Mm. And um, not, not the original one, the, the 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 more recent 3D ones, right? And you name your characters, you know, because you get the default ones, but then you know you find out, you know, you can name the dudes yes. in your team. So you, you obviously you put in all your mates, and then one of them gets sniped off camera for like out of nowhere on a particularly hard mission, you're like, you're tormented by that. You're like, oh no, like my guy died. And, I, yeah. and you became attached to him because you could name him and customize him. Mm. Surely like this relationship thing is really just an extension of that. Like, because they know that you can't customize fucking Blade because he's Blade, right? Yeah. So they had to find another way to kind of dr- allow you to build some kind of uh you know, attachment to the character, and and 
from a from a story point of view, it's like, you know you are literally becoming closer to them by being mates with them. But in a yeah. gameplay point of view, you are getting a gameplay boon or an unlockable by you know having a higher relationship with them. So it, it kind of it, it feel it feels to me like that's how they were getting around not having as much customization over the um over the the, the team. Yeah, well, it is is the thing. Like they, I, th- I think I I was I sat in on a developers. A private developer screening of the game before we all got our codes to to review, mm. and they were talking about how they didn't want to create just another XCOM clone, which is fair. Yeah, because they, they could have quite easily gone, "Here's XCOM, but with a Marvel skin." You can't really explain away killing off Marvel characters, so that's no. out the window. No permadeath. The also the other thing is you wouldn't have Marvel characters hiding behind terrain, um, which is that's, why that's true. Yeah, which is why the game is very out in the open. It's very immediate and um, it's very free free flow in that respect. Um, so it's interesting the way that they've managed to sort of convert that XCOM style strategy system into a Marvel setting without because you can still go back and play XCOM. Yeah, and it's still and this doesn't like replace it as oh it's it's better than XCOM because it's Marvel. XCOM is very different because you do build up those relationships with, you build up your own narrative with them. Yeah, you've named they your mates or whatever, or, or you, you've you've created some character and they're yours. And if they die, that's horrific. But with Marvel, uh, Midnight Suns, it's it's more about establishing a partnership uh, with you know your your character, the one that you control, is customizable. You can they yeah. still have the same voice acting, which is like fine, but essentially they they can look however you want. And there are light and dark dialogue choices as well, which certain characters react good to or bad to, depending on what their alignment is. Um, so it's all about, I guess, fitting in that superhero narrative. And mm. <clears throat> I feel they've done that quite well here in that respect. I think it's it's uh, it, it's it was a fun experience to do. It wasn't, a, for me, it wasn't a choice. Some, I say there were some reviewers that didn't like that aspect. Fine. They're a bit like, eh, this 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 felt corny. And I was like, I'm okay with corny. If I'm yeah, it's superheroes, man. I, like there has been this like weird trend. I guess I guess it kind of started with like the Nolan Batman stuff, and yes. it's kind it's kind of found its way into Marvel stuff just by just by the sheer scale of it all at the minute, where people kind of want superheroes to be like serious like this is serious business saving the world is serious business whereas like you forget they're called fucking comic books you know what i mean like like the word there is comic you know comedic like it's they they always were a little bit silly right and um i don't know i've always kind of liked that um a lot of marvel games tend to embrace that a, a lot more than um the movies do they tend to they like i guess it's because most Marvel games don't license the movie stuff from, mm. like because I, I imagine that would be fucking well expensive. And in fact, the one thing that did try and do it was the Avengers game, which yeah. couldn't get the facial likenesses, which meant that everyone looked proper Poundland and eventually, <laughs> and, and was one of the many reasons why that game tanked. Whereas mm. Marvel Midnight Suns is very clearly like, this is based on the comic book versions yeah. of these characters that have a comic book history and comic book goings on, which yeah. I think is just it's better it's like when you play um the ultimate alliance games which admittedly the first two came out before 
you know, Marvel, Disney sort of thing. But, the, you know, even the third one came out well after that now. But it's the same. It's <clears throat> it's based on the comic book, rep, the classic comic book representation of the characters, not yeah. the movie stuff. Hey, remember, it killed... Um, what it, Again, it was one of the many reasons why uh, Marvel Infinite failed. It's mm. because Marvel vs. Capcom 3, all the characters look really cool. They look like the comic book equivalents of it. And in Marvel Infinite, there was that thing where Disney went, yeah, you, you can have our characters, but they've got to look like the movie ones because mm. that's what we're trying to sell. They can't, like, Thor can't look like fucking cartoon Thor. He's got to look like movie Thor. And, um, yeah, it's one of the one of the many reasons why that game ended up in the mud. So, yeah. no, I'm glad about it. Man, I've got to say, like, it, you sold me on it when we did that podcast a few months ago when you just brought it up out of the blue that you've been reviewing it. But I'm on this, like, weird time with it at the minute because it seems like it'll be perfect for the Steam Deck. Mm. But I'm, I can't justify the the cost of it right now. Like the DLC's you know, starting to filter out now as well. I know. Right? I'm I'm just I'm just waiting. Like if I see it like twenty five thirty quid, get it on the Steam Deck portable. I think it was portable. in the sale recently. It was. I missed it. Ah, because I didn't have the Steam Deck at the time. <laughs> that was it. Like it was like I got the deck and it had gone back at the full price. But now I've seen it at a lower price. I'm in this like weird staring competition with it at the minute where I'm like, who's going to drop? Who's going to cave first? Yeah. Am I going to buy it at full price or am I going to wait for a price drop? So I'm waiting waiting on another price drop for it. But it just seems to me like, um, I mean, apparently it runs well. I've seen a few videos of it, but like a strategy game with like a little RPG element to it with like yeah. card battling stuff. Yeah. And I can plug the deck into my TV if I want to play it on the main screen yeah. or I can take it with me and play it portable. That seems like a pretty dangerous fit. It's a winner, and and that's the thing. When it when it boils down to it, as a strategy game, it is one of the best in recent memory. Mm. Um, the stuff you can do on the battlefield, you really have to think about. And yeah. if you can get the combinations perfect, you will pull off some stuff. And you'll think you'll st- like you said that moment. Where you just go, yes, here it is. I just did the superhero thing. Like t- tanking as Cap feels so right. And right, like, right. Play, playing playing a combination of cards where I play one card and Cap gets uh, for the next two turns he gets block every time he damages an enemy equal to the damage he dealt. Right. You play another card. Cap gets retaliate and X amount of block, and and taunt. So he taunts everybody in the vicinity. Gets the aggro. He gets the, he gets to retaliate back whenever he hits them. Doing massive amounts of damage and gaining block again equal to the damage he's dealt. I oh, see. That's it. Like that. That there. It looks like a bunch. I mean, it looks like a bunch of numbers on a fucking spreadsheet, right? Yeah. But it, but it represents <laughs> the character. Like, and it's something that you know the Avengers game got so wrong is like Captain America is just he he plays like an action game character. But there, you can roll this. You know, get this card out that essentially puts Captain America front and center going. Everyone, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, t- you know, grab this battle by the scruff of the neck and yeah. like block everything with my shield and take out guys and stuff like that. And it's like that's that's a that's a perfect representation of the character in a weird card game. <laughs> yeah, and then even better, sort of like <clears throat> one of the main benefits when you're becoming better friends with your characters is you unlock their uh, mission, their special mission to mm. to unlock their final ability. Right, um, right, and. They're called like the Midnight Suns special. I don't know what they're called again. I can't remember. But 
Cap's got his shield charge. The, you know, the whole stars and stripes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the shield just, bash. Just, and just it, for those listening to a podcast there, Nick did the um, stars and stripes. <laughs> 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 um, but you, 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 you set him down in one spot. You point him in a direction. He charges the length of the screen. And anything in the path takes damage equal to his current block value. So if you right. can stack in that block, you just expunge it all as damage. Nice. And it is like, yeah. Oh, man, I, wonder, I wonder if anyone, because I'll be getting the PC version. I wonder if anyone's modded it with the Marvel vs. Capcom 2 names in it. I wouldn't so you put get, it you get like stars and stripes as he just smashes through everyone. Or like, buzz like a barrage and just goes through Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine has that too. Like, say exactly. Got... Has anyone just like modded in the mod? Yeah. Someone, anyone who's listening who knows how to mod sound files into a game, can you please uh, mod do that. versus Capcom 2 sound effects into um, Marvel Midnight Suns before I before the next Steam sale, ideally, yeah. would be really good. Although I have been, I have, I'm so, I honestly, I'm so desperate to play it. I'm looking at like cdkeys.com every day. Just like Marvel Midnight says, is anyone doing like a flash sale on it? Just if I if I spot me. something, I'll I'll let you know. Um, but Wolverine has got Berserker Barrage, but it's, it's finished the Midnight Special, which is just vile. <laughs> it is just vile, like because he hits like up, it's he it hits up to ten times based on how much uh, my brain's completely gone. How much of the currency you've got stored at the time? Um, and each time it hits, it increases in damage. Mm. So by the time you get to the tenth guy, he's just yeah, so you might as well just be paced at this point. It's pretty impressive, but yeah, honestly, I can't, I cannot recommend Midnight Suns enough. I think if you've <laughs> got any form of gaming platform and have the opportunity to pick this game up, buy it. Well, uh, I just went to check because I hadn't checked today, and it's just gone on sale. It's twenty one ninety nine on CD keys, so. I'm going to be buying it after we finish this podcast. Yes. <laughs> so that that's the deal. That's the deal we'll do now, right? Okay. Yep. Before the next episode, I am I'm, I am going to buy this, right? It's gonna it's gonna happen, right? Okay. I'm gonna buy Marvel Midnight Suns because it's twenty two quid. I don't think I might have a look at because I think it's twenty eight quid with the deluxe edition. See what that gets. Does that get you anything good? Do you know? I think it's the gate the, the part of the season pass, isn't it? Is it with the season? If it's with the season pass, I'll get that because apparently. Deadpool's in the season pass, so it comes out in literally I like think a few week. days. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll weigh it up, but I'm definitely going to buy the base game for twenty one ninety nine. That seems like a steal. So I'm definitely going to be playing this before we talk again next. Okay, you have to play Vampire Survivors because then we've both played our number twos. I've, I've, I say I've just downloaded it. You downloaded it on your phone, but if if you think, think the phone, console. if you think the phone one's a bit weak, it's on Game Pass. Okay. So just on your PC or Xbox, just put it on Game Pass. Like I, I, I found it better because I don't know what the microtransaction situation is like on phone, and you could very easily, you could very easily microtransaction that game of death. And I know what you're fucking like, right? <laughs> so I don't want to, I don't want to cause you any bother. <laughs> For anyone that's listening, uh, <laughs> I just grimaced. Uh, <laughs> I know because I, I have spent money on mobile games, but I uh, go okay, Vampire Survivors on Game Pass install. Yeah, there we go. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I pers because it's it's all in, it's all inclusive. You've got it, and all of the upgrades come from stuff you get in the game, and because it's stuff you get in the game, it feeds back into the uh, addict, the addictivity of it for my money, the oh, addictiveness no. because. Even when you're not unlocking stuff, you're like, oh, yeah, but if I play again and get 600 coins, I can unlock this character. So I'll have another go. <laughs> yeah, 
it's it's installed. It's done. Oh yeah, it's like fucking a hundred meg, <laughs> something like that. All right, yeah, all right. That, that's a deal. We'll do that for the next one. Um, okay. Well, I think the, there's there's a lot more in our in both of our top oh, fives that we yeah, both when, played. We're, we're never going to get through it all, so I'm just kind of jumping around. Um, Let's get the, elephant in the room. God of War. I was I was. You're on the same. You're on the same page as me. I was literally about to say. What I might talk about the most disappointing game that I had of um, 2022, God of War Ragnarok. It was dis- oh okay. It was my, the most disappointing game. It didn't make it into my top ten, and that's disappointing. I'm not saying that game is a bad game in any way, shape, or form. Right, far no. from it. It's, it's a very, very good game, and I had fun with it in parts. But I loved the remake, and I love the classic God of War. Love the classic God of War games. And the first, the, you know, not the remake, but, you know, the, the, the first of the Norse adventures, God of War 2019, as it's sort of affectionately known as. Love it. Thought it was really, really good. Was a bit apprehensive at first. Ended up really enjoying it, right? Mm. <clears throat> My problem with Ragnarok is, and I think we might have talked about this in the podcast before, but I'm going to go in it anyway. But uh, you and I have definitely talked about this, is the story to God of War 2019, I thought was very brave because there was loads of, they had they had an opportunity to essentially wash their hands of some of the slightly more questionable stuff that happened in the old God of War games, which was totally fine at the time of release because it was just a trashy action game about a cool dude in Greece. Um, but times have changed and they were obviously pitching it as a bit more of a serious, mature product. And I thought by changing the location and essentially doing a bit of a soft reboot, They were just going to ignore and pretend that that didn't happen. But at no point did they do that. In fact, they embraced the fact that Kratos was a dickhead for most of those games. They embraced the fact that he very clearly has a problem with anger. And um, now that he has a child, um, they embrace the very real fear that many people will have about I don't want to pass this on to my beloved child. What is my legacy going to be? How can I grow as a person? And even though he is the literal god of war (laughs) and he is fighting literal Norse gods, um, there was something very human and believable in that story that I thought was unexpected and very good and deserving of its plaudits. My main problem with Ragnarok is, as the name of the game, the subtitle might imply, it is about much bigger things. It's about world-ending, epic, you know, fantasy bullshit, basically. It's about prophecy and, you know, you know what's going to happen and, you know, the, the, you know, the end of the world is looming large and stuff. And even though that is all kind of cool... Um, it's also, it took a hell of a lot of explaining at times and also is a much more grander story. And because of that, there's loads of parts in it um, where I don't think for a second someone went, hang on a minute, I know we've got to tell this story here, but how's it going to play? And there's far too many parts where you're not playing as Kratos, who has a really cool, fun move set as he did in the last one, but it's a bit more expanded this time, and play as Atreus, his son. Spoilers, you play as Atreus for a bit of it, who has one move set. So instantly, for my money, he's quarter as interesting as playing as Kratos. And 
if you're into the story, then sure, that's probably, um, you know, what they're banking on. But for my money, there was just too many parts in that game where in order to tell the story, they sacrificed the gameplay. Mm. And I found that quite, I found it quite boring for long Mm. stretches of it. I don't think it was ever bad because it's way too polished. And the combat, when it's at its best, is way too good. But there's way too many parts where you're like fighting a couple of grunts that aren't that interesting, walking around for a bit, listening to someone talk of this prophecy that I'm barely paying attention to at this point. Um, There's every section is a lot bigger. There's a lot more puzzles, which would have been fine if the game didn't constantly tell you how to do them the second you looked at them. Mm. that You have a sub-character with you all the time and they're always saying, hey, maybe we should go up here. Or, hey, maybe we should try this before you've even like thought about solving the puzzle. Which I get it. It's part of Sony's kind of thing that everyone should not only be able to play their games but finish their games. It's part of their kind of like corporate strategy, I guess. Mm. But um, it was just... I kind of expected the sequel to God of War 2019 and the, you know, the, the thrilling conclusion to the Norse God of War thing to be a little bit better. And I didn't expect ever to go, oh, I'm a bit bored of this. Like this is just yeah. taking a bit long. And because of that, I, I found it. I would Again, I didn't say it was bad, but I, it, for me, it was disappointing. It should have been in my top 10 clear and it wasn't. It it was in mine, but I'll be honest. Past when you get part for me, when I get past the first three games, I kind of struggle to think of anything else that I really cared about. I played this year, um, and I had the same things as you. Like during the segments with Atreus, I was just wishing them away, and I wanted to move on to the next part. And when I got back to Kratos, I was like, cool. And for, for I'm glad I'm not going to spoil God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit harsh, <laughs> but I am glad it didn't do what I thought it was going to do. Yeah, me too. Um, and I li- I do like how it ended. And the, I ha- yeah, I have to say again, no spoilers. Yeah, the final the final hour, two hours, like ninety minutes, two hours. When it, when when everything has kind of come ahead and it's let's just get this done, mm. exceptionally good. Yeah, like the ending, brilliant. The final battle where it just turns into a full on action game, like the classic God of Wars for a bit, great. Yeah, there's a bit and, that happens, and I agree with you. I'm glad they didn't do what we both thought they were going to do, yeah. which I think is obvious to anyone who's listening. So sorry if we've spoiled that to you, but trust me, it's better this way. Yeah. <laughs> There's a bit where, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to motion this to, to, to Andy. So the viewers, you don't get sport on this, but listeners, sorry, viewers, mental. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there's a bit where this happens. Right. Yeah. yeah. And from that point onwards, I was a bit like, ah, Okay. Like so, that's the that's the swerve, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which, yeah. And I, I was okay with that. And there's some parts that played out afterwards that were quite somber. And yeah, I, I thought it, I I liked the way that all went at, towards the end. There, mm. there's um, um, there's a bit during the ending, like the the proper ending, right? Like, is this where you go to to the 
the beach, shall we just say? N- no, I'm going to get onto that in a second. There's an um, okay. th- there's a bit in the ending, right, um, where very similar to The Last of Us. So I, I, we've talked about Last of Us a million times on this. We've talked about what I do and don't like about it. I think mm. The Last of Us plot is very cliche for the most mm. part because I've read a lot of zombie fiction over the years. And for my money, it riffs a lot on like a lot of the issues of The Walking Dead that sort of didn't necessarily make it into the game. A lot, you know, there's a lot of uh, you know modern zombie fiction in that, that I've seen before. But the bit, the famous bit with the giraffe at the end, that whole scene where um, Ellie accepting Joel's lie through a look that she gives him through mm. through silence is the one thing that I think ah oh, that's the thing they did well. That's the that is the that's the bit where I'm like no. I can forgive a lot of the stuff that people talk about that game like it's the best story ever. It's not. It's a pretty standard story, but there are moments in it that they handled exceptionally well. God of War kind of hits a similar thing. It's a pretty it's a pretty standard end of the world. The good guys are going to save the day. There's a bit of prophecy in there, you know. It's a Marvel Star Wars story told, but there's a there's a bit at the end where Big Crates gives a bit of a look and I thought, ah, I still love this character mm. and I still want to see what happens next. I'm not going to let this ruin the enjoyment I had beforehand and what yeah. could come beyond. It's just a disappointing step in it. So for me, and I think the part that pushes it into the top five for me is the connection I had with an element of the story. Sure. And it's first hinted at during uh, one of the missions, and this is not really a spoiler because it's like a side thing you can do. Right. Early, like early mid game. And you have to go to a desert and you have to free a monster. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From, from underground. Yeah. And all the way up into it, Kratos has got reservations about it and he's going oh grumbling and the trace is like no no dad we should do it we should do it and he goes and does it anyway and the trace is really surprised at this and towards the end he says but but why are you doing it I don't understand you said you didn't want to do it why why are you doing it and then um, Mamir just out of nowhere just goes do you not think that it's probably because he just wants to spend more time with you before it's too oh, late? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that bit got me. Like, that bit in particular, I was like, as a father, mm. I get that. And that hit me here. Yeah. And any time I get an emotional connection with any game, I'm like, the respect level kind of jumps up a little bit. Yeah, for yeah it. absolutely. And I, and I think that's the thing is like, again, it's, it's, it is, it's, it's so similar to like the issues I had with The Last of Us in that. Mm. The greater story, I wasn't that asked about, but it still had enough mm. little moments in it that I'm like, okay, no, I'm, 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 I'm not willing to write off God of War because they fucked up a few things mm. in in here somewhere. It's 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 for my money, it's easily the weakest of the God of War games overall. Yeah. But they still, there was still some solid gold in it. Yeah. Um, and actually, do you know what? Like, fuck it. You should go out and play it. And if you're not going to play it, spoilers. Fast forward about 30 seconds or so, maybe a couple of minutes. The actual proper ending on the beach, I, I that, that was the moment where I went, you know what? When I think about this game, I'm probably going to think about 
I'm probably going to think that I enjoyed it more than I actually did. Because it's mm. same with the fight with the Final Fantasy VII remake. It ended so strong that I forgot about all the bullshit I didn't like about it. So yeah. yeah, there's a bit where you play as Atreus for two hours and you walk around a swamp picking up items, and it couldn't be any less interesting if it tried, and it couldn't have gone on any longer. <laughs> like it was just so bad, and it killed the pace. And they're constantly doing it, and. It ends up so frustrating because just as the game starts to gather momentum, they cut its legs out. But I did really like the balls of just ending it on a total downer, properly ending it yeah. on a downer. Like I think that that was, I think it was important to remember that, like, like the stuff that twenty nineteen said is that like this isn't a game about grand prophecy. It's a game about shit that happens to people and. Mm. That's why I'm like, it's cool that you have that connection with it because I could kind of relate to like being a guy who occasionally looks at things he did in his past and going, man, I was a dickhead, right? Mm. And that's what 2019 had a lot of it in there, right? Yeah. And I'm sure both of us can relate to being yeah. a bit angry from time to time, right? So, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's this kind of thing where, um, forgetting about all the, you know, the bigger picture stuff that game had a lot of like really cool human connections in it. You had that human connection in, in Ragnarok. I really liked that bit in the first ending where I was like, Oh no, that's a real human response from Kratos there to seeing something. He didn't, yeah. you know, it, it wasn't cartoony or outlandish or felt like a superhero. It was a very believable thing. And the fact it ends on like a real downer and then um, one of the main characters does not get a resolution. Mm. Like, like uh, you can tell that I bet there are some people out there who were brought up on Marvel films who hate the fact that that character still dis still detests you at the end mm. of the game. That that, that there is no we, we kissed and made up. There is no shake hands and everyone goes home happy. Like yeah. that that character, his story ends in a horrible way, and mm. it's not it's not as cheap as oh he he dies. Like no, no, that's that's too lazy. This character has a terrible ending. Mm. But I, I say, if you like, if you forget all the the grandiose stuff that's happening in, in Ragnarok, yeah, I, I, I summed it up to myself in in the fact that the game is essentially about is a story about letting your children go. It, yeah, uh, I can see them, that in, in letting them grow up and learning to not survive without them, but to to I guess. Take away your because you know parents have fears always that their children are doing well and that they're going to do well and then and, and without their supervision they'll be okay yeah and that is essentially if you strip back everything from God of War that is what it's about right which is why in the end despite all the bollocks <laughs> yeah I kind of went okay I can respect that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, that, that's what I'm saying. Is like I don't want anyone to think that I thought God of War was a shit game. Mm. Although it is easy to wind up people online by saying it's a shit game, so sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta take these things <laughs> a pinch of salt. But, um, <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, like the, 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 there is still traces of what I loved about 2019 in it, and I just, I just think that maybe they got a little bit too lost in their own source a little bit. They maybe. knew that they had to bring this to a conclusion, and they knew it had to be the biggest, most epic God of War of all time. And I think they just got a little bit carried away with that. And 
if they knocked about 10 to 20 hours out of it, I think it would have been solid gold. Yeah. And it, it's just, it's a little bit too big and over the top. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, when you saw that, I mean, I'm not saying that this is this was a particularly bad film, but you know when they did like the big Avengers final movies, but the, yeah. they were final on me because they were the last ones I watched, but you know when they did the big battle against Galactus and you were like, not Galactus, fucking hell, this is how long Thanos. it's been. When they fought Thanos and it was like, it's going to be two movies because it's that big and you thought, Christ, is this it? It, fe- it felt a little bit like that where it was like, in order to tell this story, it's got to be the biggest, baddest, longest God of War of all. And um, yeah, I, I reckon they could have they could have used an editor, but hey, whatever. It's not you know, it's just, it's just disappointing. It disappointed me because I had such high hopes. Hmm. It wasn't shit. I can't even tell you what the worst game I played was in twenty twenty two. I don't think I played any bad games. I think I'm just quite good at avoiding them now. If I hear a game shit, I ain't gonna play it. Did I play a bad game in twenty? I, I I can't remember to be honest. If there's a thing, if I play a bad game, I tend to block it out and just yeah. Forget yeah. It I just, like I, I don't review a lot of games anymore, so I just tend not to play bad games. Oh, I did play something that I reviewed badly. I can't remember what that was. I'm going to try and think about it. Yeah, while that's we, fine. While, we, while we're talking, that's um, right. Um, but you played. You you, you did see if you make your cut. Yeah, it did. It just made it in. Um, I ended up going back Good. to it to finish it off because yeah, there's two endings. So there's yeah. like, and the, the way that you get the second ending is kind of not so good. Like, basically, when you get to the bo- the bosses, um, they're, they're pretty tough. The bosses, and essentially, when you get them down to like the 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 point where you can kill them, you get like a little uh, QTE button prompt comes up, and it plays like the it plays like the bit where you kill them. But they've still got like a tiny bit of health left, and in order to get the um, the good ending you have to f- play through the game again fight all the bosses again but when it brings up that qte you just have to resist the urge to do it <laughs> and then just keep fighting them for a little bit longer to take their health down to zero and you basically spare them and if you spare all the bosses you get like a slightly different ending yeah and i'll be honest i thought they could have done that a better way that there maybe i thought there might have been a cooler way to do that but hey that is detracting from the fact that Sifu is a very cool and like really fun and well thought out fighting game. I'll be honest, the thing I like the most about it is not always the fighting. It's the um it's the 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 way that they balance the difficulty. I'm a bit gutted they have since patched it and just put in an easy mode. Because I really like the um the age thing. The fact that um so let's say I so every time you die you age a bit and essentially when you get into like your seventies and you, you die again, you die for real, right? You've aged out of the game and it's, it's all over. Um, like the end in Metal Gear Solid, you've got too old and you're dead, right? No coming back. Right. So that's how you get game over in Sifu. Um, but you start, you know, you can start from the latest level at the age you were when you got to the level. So I quite like the fact that, Let's say I get to level three and I had a stinker on level two, right? So I ended up getting to level three at 50 and level three was proving really hard and I kept proper dying. Like I kept hitting 70 and dying. What I can then do is go back onto level two, play level two again, which obviously I know at this point because I've already beaten it and do better. So I, so I approach level, let, let, let's say I managed to get to level three this time at 30 because I managed to do have a better run at it. 
I quite like that, that it sort of it rewards you for going back and then mastering the levels that you previously played. To, so you're setting yourself up better down the line. But it also does this brilliant thing, and this is the thing I really like about this whole system, is there are items you can find on later levels, which is it's really it makes no sense that this is how it's done, but just bear with it because it's cool. That you can find like a key card or a key on a later level that opens up a door on mm. one of the earlier levels that will allow you to shortcut. There's a really cool example of this where you find a key, I think, in level two, maybe level three, that opens up a door on level one that basically lets you just walk to the boss. Like there's like there's like the, uh, the first room and then there's a corridor and then there's another room of goons and then there's the boss. So you skip the entire level. And what that is the game telling you that to do is if you had a stinker on level one, and you got to level two quite old, and you got to level three even older, well, guess what? You can now skip almost all of level one. So as long as you can do that first room, that second room, and then do the boss well enough that you can get onto level two, you can probably get onto level two at worst after like maybe one death, two deaths tops. Mm. And if you did want to get onto level two without any deaths, well, here's the easy way to do it now. You don't have to do the whole level and not die. Which I did, by the way, but um, but now you can just skip straight to the boss, and that's a hell of a lot easier to get through the whole level without dying. And I really like that. I really like that it's like it goes hard right now. You can kind of, you know, go back and do better and set yourself up for you know further down the line. I thought that whole system, that whole loop, was a great way of adding, of control, manipulating the difficulty without just going. Would just make it easier. I thought that was really, really cool and well thought out. I, it, it frustrated the fuck out of me that so many people were like, no, well, I just want an easy mode to see the story. Right, I'm going to spoil it for you. The story's shit. Don't care. Right, it's rubbish. What Sifu, what it does well is make you feel like a fucking god of combat. Like, when you're in free flow in Sifu and you've unlocked all the moves and you're like taking on a room full of dudes with weapons and, you know, martial arts and using the scenery to your advantage... That's what it does well. And the reason why it feels good is because it's difficult and you have to learn it. Mm. So when you're doing all of this cool stuff, you feel you feel like the... Because you have mastered it in real life, you feel like a martial arts master in yeah. the game. That's the, yeah. t- that's the trade-off. And um, yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. It's really, really good fun. I think it's dirt cheap at the minute as well, CV. You should definitely pick it up if you get a chance. If you haven't played it, like I remember, like I said, I'm not particularly very good at like reaction games like that, like the Soul stuff. And Sifu has a bit element of that to it. But mm. I got that good at Sifu. I was speed running it, nice, and I was doing it without getting hit. I think I passed the first three levels without dying. I got to level four, and you hit that boss in level four, and she is horrible. The one with the, the in the snow, it's a bit end of Kill Bill with with, uh, yes, with the snow. She's got the that, snow. that horrible like, whip thing of learning that and avoiding that is hard. <laughs> like I, I did it in the end because I managed to get to the final boss at like twenty eight, I think, and I was like, "That's pretty good." That's and then final boss at twenty eight is pretty fucking good. Yeah, um, but it's just there's so many moments where, like you said, you do feel like an action star, and I saw a review of it which killed my brain. It was someone who like, gave it like a 5 out of 10 and was like, oh, this game isn't very good, and I went, 
what planet are we on now? Like, they, I, I, I get like if you, no, no I don't get it because I say this is whole difficulty argument, and I, 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 that, I it always annoys me that people go, this game's not good because it's too difficult. And I was like, that's that shouldn't be a reason to say that a game is bad because it's difficult. If it's difficult, it's difficult by design, and it's mm. you know, it's one of those things where if you keep playing and you and you keep learning, it might take you longer, but you'll get there in the end. Yeah, if um, if Sifu was as hard as it is. But didn't have the ability to go back to previous levels and do better. So you start the next level that you were stuck on at an earlier age. So you've essentially got more lives to spend mm. on learning the new level. And also has that system where you can find items in later levels that make earlier levels even easier to do with taking fewer deaths. Mm. Then I think maybe there's an argument that it's a bit difficult for difficulty's sake at times, because there are a few parts where I'm like, this is fucking well hard. Um, and that maybe I'd understand people just wanting an easier ride then. But it's the fact that there is clearly so much thought gone into this really intricate system that uh, that manages to repurpose old content in a meaningful way. Like, it doesn't feel like a waste of time replaying a level, because mm. you're going to get a from it and whenever I see people just wanting to dismiss all of that really cool hard work by I just want a button to press that makes it easier it kind of fucks me up a little bit like like if it didn't have any of that then yeah sure put an easy mode in because you're not getting anything else out of it so why not but the fact that there is this really cool loop that I found quite addictive and engaging and like I, I just think that you're missing out on it and I, do you know what I, the fact that people persevered with Elden Ring so much just tends to go to show that, show that like a lot of the time, it is just like, like these like, are the like, same people that gave Elden Ring a ten out of ten. Yeah, yeah, like like there's some people just like maybe because it's not AAA, like they they just wanted they wanted they it was almost like they they cared about finishing it more than they cared about playing it. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Whereas I was enjoying playing it. The fact yeah. that I finished it eventually was cool. It's always nice to finish things, but I, I I think people just wanted an easy mode so they could play it, finish it, and fuck it off for something else. And mm. um, I don't know. That just seems a bit disposable to me. And yeah. I kind of, I kind of like that the game basically tried to not be that. It was like, no, no, we're, we're confident in what we've put forward. Um, Sifu is well worth it, though. It's scraped onto my list, number ten on my list. Good game. Do you know, do you know what's really funny? I had. It was, I'm annoyed that this game didn't come out in 2022. Otherwise, it would have made my top ten hands down. Um, but I played Inscription last year for the first time. Oi, that's a good one, that. <laughs> and I finished it, and I was like, damn, was this released this year? It wasn't. And I was like, no. oh, no. But that was in, that was incredible. Inscription was my number four for 2021. Mm. Beneath uh, Halo Infinite, uh, multiplayer only on that. I've not, I've never played the single player of Halo Infinite. Couldn't even tell you what me, happens. Me, me neither. But the but the multiplayer I still play to this day, so it's well well deserving of its place. Lost Judgment, which I know isn't as good as Inscription in the grand scheme of things, but I love the Judgment games, the characters. I, I'm I've still haven't properly got stuck into Lost Judgment. <coughs> it's it's great. It's it's better than the first one. It, it's really good. Like it took me a little bit because I love the story of the first one so much, but mm. it is better. Like it is better. And my number one of twenty twenty one was Cruelty Squad, which is one of the most fucking weird games of all time. But if you love, if you like it, you love it. And I, I streamed an, I streamed a complete playthrough of it one night, and just ended up just absolutely going. This is one of my favorite games. Um, I, I, sorry, I, I did, I did find out my worst game from twenty two. Oh yeah, 
Martha is dead. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The game that's it's worth playing just for the one bit at the start where you just watch it on YouTube. It's not even worth it for that. No, watch it on YouTube, yeah. Go on YouTube and watch the bit where you peel someone's face off in real in real time. Yeah. And then uh, there's a there's a there's a very triggering bit for people towards the end of the game. Uh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll YouTube that as well. It, 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 it's weird because like um, the the things that Martha is Dead does in the things that it looks to touch upon and the way that it wants to make you def- make you feel, I don't think any game should shy away from doing that. No, I don't think so. But if you do it badly, you should be ready for a bit of a kicking. And Martha is Dead kind of does it badly. Is <laughs> like there's a very fine line when you're touching upon subjects like that and showing extreme violence like it does where you can end up looking like you're doing it just to go, look at what we've done. It's really horrible. And sometimes you get it right and it becomes quite disturbing and affecting. So the, the obvious thing is Silent Hill 2 touches upon some really horrible subjects and is one of the best stories ever done in games. The mm-hmm. end. Martha is Dead touches upon some really horrible subjects and comes across a bit crass and just like they're doing it just to go, just let's see how grim we can be. So if you like a bit of the old grim stuff, look it up on YouTube, but don't give them any money. The game sucks. Um, and it's basically just a walking sim as well, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's the worst, yeah. Yeah, it's shite. Right, we're going to wrap this up in a second, but one last thing. If there's one game that's maybe not right at the top of the pile that you could go check out this from last year and you could throw a little recommendo to the listeners, what would it be? Oh, God, I've got two. <laughs> well, I, I I don't do things by half on this. You've got to choose one. Got to choose one. Uh, yep. One I, I don't think as many people have played yep. is As Dusk Falls. All right. Yeah, I've not played that at all. Yeah. Give them the as, pitch. As Dusk Falls surprised me. Right. Because uh, I wasn't expecting it to be all that, but I was really engaged by the story. Um, it's, it's like the old Telltale games, make your okay. choice kind of thing. Um, but it's told in a sort of watercolor art style, oh. panel, panel style. Um, and yeah, it, I can't say much without giving it away. But it's got a really engaging story, and it it make it does feel like choices matter. Well, yeah, I was about to say. I imagine if it's Telltale style, then basically the story is the main thrust of it. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's 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 really good, and I think I think it's on Game Pass. Maybe I'm pretty sure it is on Game Pass. I'm sure I've scrolled past it a few times um, as you go down. But right it, at it's the top. But it's worth, it's worth checking out. So. Cool. Um, mine would be uh, Card Shark, um, which came out uh, middle of last year. It's a game, but it's by the people that did Reigns, the mobile phone game, which is like super addictive. Um, basically, it's a really cool looking game. It's all drawn like tapestry style, a bit like that Pentiment, which I still haven't properly played yet. Um, mm. Apparently, it's really good. Um, and the main thing of card shark is you are a card shark going around um, pre-revolution France, um, ripping people off basically. And you've got your partner. You basically, you due to not having a tongue, your character is mute. Um, but the um, the guy you're with is like this flamboyant dude um, who is like basically a professional gambler. Um, and it starts off with just, you know, you, you you end up meeting him and show to him that you have a bit of a knack for the art of deception and you basically become his partner in crime. So some a lot of the time, like, you're, like, dealing at the table or, like, you know, trying to show him 
what the other person's cards are. So there are some really obvious things. Like there's one part where you're dealing and you have to press a different button on the D-pad to kind of deal the cards out. But when you hold the button down, you can move your hand and there's a mirror on the table. You can see it. It's his. Um, it's his, like his glasses case that he puts down. So when you're dealing, whenever you go to deal to the opponent, you have to quickly move it over the glasses case, but you can't hold it there for too long. Because if you hold it there, this suspicion bar starts going up. So you have to like look at it just enough that you can remember it because you need to communicate to him later with like finger ju- like finger just judgments uh, of like right. what finger judgments, fucking finger movements. Uh, <laughs> to what um, I was looking at me screen that's got lost judgment on it. Me Edwin, <laughs> but um, it's a good job of wrapping this up now. But um, yeah, you um, you have to like. Tell him what it what what cards the guy has. That's an obvious one, but there's bits later where you have to like learn shuffling tricks, and it's really interesting how you do it. And this is why I love the game so much is um it makes you feel like you're actually doing dodgy shit with cards through just controls. Like it fe- it feels really satisfying, and it make that that so to to shuffle a deck, you just tap down on the stick, so you're tapping down. Mm-hmm. All right, to mark a card, you tap right. So what you're doing is you're going down, 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 down. And when you see the card come up, you tap right and then press down again. But if you don't get, if you break the rhythm, then the suspicion meter starts to go up. So it makes you feel like you're going to mark the card and keep shuffling at the same speed. And it because of like the timing and the rhythm to it all. And the fact that if you get it wrong, the suspicion bar goes up and you can get in deep shit, basically. Um, it makes you feel like you're actually like stacking the deck, and some of the uh, some of the deceptions that you have to do towards the end of the game, where they're multi-layered and require you to know multi-disciplines, and sometimes some of the tricks that you need to do actually interact and change some of the other ones you've learned. So you have to remember, like, if I do this one, it's going to knock the card three cards deep. But I also need to do this one to make sure he doesn't catch me out. But this will push the card further up the deck. So I need to make sure I mark it so I can see where they're going. And it starts to get proper in your head about it. And one thing that I did, which I absolutely recommend that you do not do, is if you want to play Card Shark, it's not very long. It's about six hours. Stick with it and finish it in, like, a couple of days. But don't do what I did and play about three quarters of the game and then stop playing it for a bit, and then come back to finish the last quarter when you only the only missions left are super complicated card tricks because I'd completely forgotten how to play it, and it was an absolute nightmare to pick up the game again. I had to end up like watching a video on YouTube of like all the early tricks to go right. Okay, that's how you. That's what you need to do there because I'd completely forgotten how to play the game. But by the end of it. The, it's got a really good story, a surprisingly good story, and it's actually really funny as well at times. Where um, you you start off as a bunch of like random rogue gamblers cutting around France, and eventually you get wrapped up in like you know the political situation in the country at the time, and you know your character might be actually closely linked to the king, and so on and so forth. And there's all this like weird drama that bullshit. But obviously, as this is happening, there are people who are trying to prevent you doing what it is that you're setting out to do. So you go from, you know, gambling through a few coins in a pub, and if you mess up and the suspicion bar goes all the way up, you get a bit of a kick in and you get a go again, right? To, like, literally the thing that you are putting on the table to gamble with is your life. It's like, like you know, someone going, I'm going to shoot you. How about we play cards for it? Ah, go on then. And um, what's really cool is if you do die in storyline, 
you go uh, you can play the Grim Reaper at cards. And if you win, you get a carry on. And if you lose, it's game over. And if you want, when you're in that match, you can also think, I could play him to win, but I might lose. So I might try and cheat him. Because you will, you can use all of the tricks that you know to just cheat the card game against death. But if you get obviously if you get it wrong, then you you're also just as fucked. So it's it's quite cool that you can either you can play death in a real gamble and gamble your life to come back. Or you can try and cheat, cheat him, and literally <laughs> cheat death, which is really cool. But um, I recommend it. It's not very long and um, worth sticking with to the end because it's a, it's a pretty cool story. And by the end of it, you like honestly, you feel like you can, you know, so much about these card tricks, you can almost feel like you can see through the deck, like you're almost manipulating it, like Neo manipulating the Matrix. It's rad. Oh, download download that tonight. Yeah, well, well worth a, well worth a punt. Right. Um, Thanks for uh, listening. We're going to cut it here because we've both got things to do. Um, but, uh, yeah, thanks for sticking with the podcast. Sorry about the big gap. Uh, there will be fewer of these now. Um, not podcasts, hopefully. I mean gaps. <laughs> um, uh, and, um, yeah, like we've still got plenty to talk about from last year and the first part of this year. So we'll, we'll probably do a few more um, shows where we just talk about rando games rather than anything that's uh, particularly pressing because there's not a massive amount out at the minute the dry part at the start of the year um although i think by the time that you've um you hear from us next i think things do start coming out again so who knows but i guess that's the thing about this show you really do not know what we're going to come to the table with um nick obviously uh still does um uh his channel um deep dives um which will be promoted in the link you've got a few things up your sleeve for that still top secret coming soon what's the uh- crack so yeah, I've uh, currently working on my next video, deep dives number six. Um, I've been a bit quiet over Christmas due to illnesses and the like, um, but I am at the end of the scripting phase for that, uh, and it's going to be on the Evil Within two. It was voted for by the viewers, so that's a really cool idea. Yeah, they, they, they I gave a bunch of a series of polls um, over the course of a week, and the winner in the end was Evil Within two. So. I bet you've. I mean, that's one of those ones. When 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 it wins, I'm not surprised it won because it's a fucking game that needs some explaining. But um, not only that, but like I imagine it's one of those ones where you look at it and go, "Oh, oh I got my work cut out for me on this." <laughs> it's the biggest script I've done yet. I'm not surprised. Um, there is so much, it, and you don't realize it until you're going through, going, "Oh God, I've got to write this." Yeah. Oh God. So it, it's taking a while, but it's coming. Um, I'm hoping to have it out. I'd, I, at this point, I want to say a start of March. Right, We're a way off yet, but yeah, it's cool. We'll cool. see. But I've yeah, got nothing uh, to promote. No, no. Just listen. Read my newsletter. There's one listen coming to out. This in, show. Listen to this show, obviously. <laughs> but I'd like to think that if you're hearing this, you've done that part. Yeah, um, good point. Good point. But um, yeah, all good. I'm, I'm you know, I, because we haven't got a guest on. I'm, I'm going to pick a piece of music to play us out with. I don't know what though. Um, it's got to be the Elden Ring soundtrack, surely. Yeah, probably. 